0: Good evening, my brothers and sisters. It's a beautiful night tonight. It's uh, we got the sun out. I mean, it's it's nice to have the sun until after eight o'clock. You can drive and uh, enjoy the day a lot more with family and with friends. It's a really beautiful time of the year, spring and going into summer. It's my favorite time of the year. And uh, I think really kind of our weather actually and this experience of all the sunlight and the beauty actually helps us understand uh, at least one aspect of the mystery that we celebrate tonight. We celebrate Christ's ascension into heaven. And uh, I'll draw your attention to really just one passage of our readings from the book of Acts. And the apostles are standing on the Mount of Olives, and they're described as looking at Jesus as as he literally ascends, that his body is lifted up into the air, and eventually, what they see disappears. And a, a kind of a cloud sort of captures him. I don't know, he's 500 yards away. We don't know how far away he is. But he's very, very small. A cloud captures him. And then no longer can they see him. And then suddenly there are these two guys dressed in white. They're angels. And they say to the apostles, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up into the heavens? The same Jesus who was taken up, Into heaven will come back in the same manner. We've got this contrast between the sights of Jesus in his bodily aspect and then this contrast with him being totally disappeared and you can't see him anymore. And it's almost as if the apostles are, it doesn't, the text doesn't say, but you can kind of imagine they're sort of sad. They're sad that he's gone away. And uh, the angels are there to try to teach them a little bit of a lesson and kind of bring them back into alignment with the meaning of, of what's going on here. So what is the meaning of this? Why did Christ have to ascend into heaven and leave us, as it were, all alone, so to speak? Maybe there's a little sorrow connected to this, you know. Jesus in the Gospels has to say, I will not leave you orphans. Because that's maybe kind of what we might feel with him departing from earth as he did in the ascension. Kind of feel like we're, we've been abandoned here. What's going on? Well, I believe that the absence of Jesus in his visible aspect was absolutely essential in our education. And in where in an educational sense, so to speak, God wanted to lead us. Our ultimate destiny, my brothers and sisters, is a kind of vision. But it's not a vision with our bodily eyes. And that's the trick. It's actually a vision of God's own divine nature, of the Blessed Trinity. Very hard... To comprehend and understand. Very deep mystery. The central mystery of our faith is the Blessed Trinity. The union of the persons of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And the actual vision of the Trinity. Again, not with our bodily eyes. Not with our bodily eyes. Jesus became a man for many reasons. But one of the reasons he became a man was to, by, the, by means of visible things, to lead us up to the invisible, what is essentially invisible. That is God's own divine nature. Because that's where our ultimate happiness and fulfillment lies. Can you imagine that? You can't. <laughs> that's a, that was a rhetorical question. You can't imagine it. That's the point. Our ultimate happiness and fulfillment lies in the vision of the divine nature. It lies in the vision of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit who are by nature invisible. And we cannot imagine, we cannot conceive the happiness, the fulfillment and the joy that we will know when, God willing, we see the divine nature. But we're only going to be able to appreciate and take into our hearts and our minds the beauty of the divine majesty to the extent that we can place visible things in their proper place. That we can hold them in their proper regard and not be too attached to them. So Jesus, by ascending into heaven, was saying, Okay, guys. I've been with you for this time, for these three or four years here on earth, and you're doing good, you're doing good, but I want to lead you a little bit deeper, I want to, this is, you're going to graduate from junior high to high school right now, because I'm going away, and your next lesson is a lesson of increased faith in what's invisible and detachment, healthy, a healthy detachment from visible Goods from visible things. And we see even a day like this. So the, the creation itself is so beautiful, is it not? I mean, I my heart expands and rejoices when I see a day like this. We only get about 10 to 15 of them a year. So we really appreciate it when they come around. But it's just gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. The buds and the trees when I'm driving out here in 31 and I'm going through... Clyde making my way to the, that stretch between Clyde and Lyons and like the, the buds on the trees and the sunlight coming through them. Oh my gosh. And the people taking good care of their lawns. It, the green grass. Oh, it's just absolutely gorgeous. It's a beautiful creation that God made. And we know what beauty is. We see a beautiful person. You know, a beautiful woman, a handsome man. And, uh, you know, people in real life are way more beautiful. I'm not talking about these images you see on TV. There's, always, there's this kind of artificiality to the sort of beauty that you see on the computer screen or on the television screen. The, the kind of beauty that, that Hollywood, uh, you know, puts before our eyes. Real people can be so beautiful physically, but then also when their personality comes shining through their face. And how they move, how they speak. And you begin to see something deeper of that. That, That's something that can be seen, literally seen with the eyes. And it's a very beautiful thing. But how much more so beautiful is the divine nature? If, where, where did that beauty come from that we see with our eyes? Where did it come from? It came from God, who's invisible. How much more beautiful is the origin of the beauty that we see with our eyes? how much more fulfilling and promising and uh, and delightful and full of joy and fulfillment is the the origin and the source of visible beauty my brothers and sisters this is our destiny this is where we're called where Jesus went and i believe that this life on earth with the absence of jesus's visible presence is a school for us. And it's meant to teach us to move more closely to that kind of mature level where we can really be able to appreciate the invisible beauty of God and be and be made ready and be prepared for it. So that when we pass, by God's grace and by His will, the Lord willing, into heaven, into that, that vision, will for all eternity be able to take it in. To the most, the maximum extent possible. You know, I, another aspect of this is kind of a double-edged sword here. There's the the fulfillment and the beauty of the source of all beauty, the fulfillment and the joy and the happiness that comes beholding the source of all goodness and beauty and truth. But then there's the letting go of the visible things, and sometimes that's really sad. Letting go of visible things sometimes can be really sad, and I think that's what we're seeing with the apostles. They're a little downtrodden. To take a very extreme example, I, I think of something I read in a, in a um, psychology book many years ago that's really stuck with me. Uh, many counselors and psychologists today, um, they specialize in dealing with extreme addictions. Okay, so people who are addicted to alcohol or various substances, or any, sexually deviant behavior of an extreme type okay and they deal with people who come into them looking for help because they're totally trapped by the chains of this particular addiction that they're that they're dealing with that's probably ruined their whole life they've been dealing with it for 30 or 40 years or whatever it might be and uh, they the psychologists have to deal with with two things number 1 false beliefs the person who's got the addiction believes deeply that this thing that they're addicted to is their greatest need. That's what they believe. They believe that deeply in the depths of their heart. I need this. This is my greatest need. It's a false belief. And the psychologist has to deal with that and talk with the person over the course of months, years sometimes, and sometimes it's never successful. But one of the things they've got to deal with is that false belief, that this is my greatest need. And when finally they begin to be able to get this person to detach themselves from this thing, the person goes through a state of mourning, literally a state of mourning, like their mother just died. They start to feel very, very depressed because they're not actually feeding themselves on this thing, whatever it was that they're connected to. And they feel very profoundly sad, probably way more than we can even really comprehend unless you were there. So there's this kind of a death that they experience. Now, that's an extreme case, but I think for all of us, we have certain attachments to visible things. And God's mercy, I think, for us is to give us an understanding, especially as we get older, of the limitations of things. We go, how many funerals have we gone through? As a priest, I've been to many, many funerals. And we just, we begin to learn, you know, as you start to lose your hair and you get a little little older and your joints get a little creakier, you start to say, you know, these visible things are limited, they're finite, and we begin to be able to detach ourselves from them. And there might be a little bit of sorrow involved in that, but that's only a preparation for a greater joy and happiness and fulfillment that we're going to find by the invisible nature of God. So my brothers and sisters, it might be hard to believe, but can we believe it? I want to believe it. I pray to God that, that he gives me the faith and the grace to believe it, that my true happiness lies in what's actually invisible. Can we believe that? Can we do that together? Let's try to do that together. Let's pray. Let's ask for God's help in doing that. Because that's the only thing that's going to lead us on the straight and narrow to our ultimate destiny. It's the only thing that's going to ultimately give us true happiness.